Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. I had the great joy of being at my youngest daughter's graduation this week. And I'll get to that in a moment because I was in PE last week as well. And we used to have a church member, a great, a very involved church member. And most of you would know her. Her name was Nicole Soul. She is no longer a member of this church. She no longer exists because she is now Nicole Janssen van Vieren. And we had a great wedding last weekend in Port Elizabeth. It was an amazing time. And then after that, I, on a Sunday, I had the privilege of sharing a chauffeur, Port Elizabeth, and it was just so incredible to be able to see a community hungry for God. And God is doing incredible work there. They're growing. If you're ever in town, go and visit them, go and pray with them, pray for them, and from their leaders as well. They just sent a whole bunch of love back to us here. And if you know any of those leaders, give them a call and say hello during this week. But as I was at Nadia's graduation, because, you know, graduation isn't only for varsity. Grade R has graduation as well. And so she had a great, and they have the little black toga cloak things as well, the whole thing, and kind of the school makes it a, a really precious moment. And one of the things they do is every child comes up, and they've got their five seconds of fame in front of the microphone, and they say, when I grow up, I want to be a... It was so amazing just to see all of the future doctors and the teachers and the veterinarians and the army and the army. And there was just more army and policemen. And sort of my eldest daughter is sitting there and she says, we're going to have a very safe country. And all of the policemen and one or two people who actually want to be lawyers, which I think is just a sin for a six-year-old to be want to be a lawyer. But anyway, just joking, Vaynant and the other lawyers, we love lawyers. Um, and then this one girl in the midst of all of these doctors and vets and you know, other professional people stands up and says, when I grow up, I want to be like God. And I was like, wow, what a life goal for a six-year-old to stand up and say that I want for my life to grow in godliness. Imagine if you and I were to say, God, that's what I want to be with my life. Yes, I also want to do these other things, but more than I want to do who I want to be, God, is a representative of you. Somebody who's shaped and formed, molded in the image of God. And as I was praying for us in, in this week and just preparing for this message, there was sort of this one character trait of godliness that just came into my mind over and over again. And then I spoke to my brother yesterday with sort of one of those family Zoom calls. I literally have family all across the world. I've got a brother in Hong Kong. I've got a brother in Canada. I've got a brother in the U.S. And I have cousins in even more countries than that. And we had one of those big family Zoom calls yesterday. And my brother in the U.S. or my sister-in-law said something about Thanksgiving next weekend. And I was like, I didn't even realize it's Thanksgiving. But I realized that as the U.S., they have this beautiful moment where once a year the whole country stands still and is deliberate about giving thanks. 
2020 has been a crazy year. 2020 has been one of those years that I hope doesn't repeat. But 2020 is easy to complain about, and this should have happened, and this should have happened, and Bible school should have happened like this, and this event should have happened, and Explore Group should have happened, and my career should have, my studies should have. And it, there are a whole bunch of things that we could very easily complain about. But tonight, I'm warning you, at the end, we are going to get very practical for a few moments, and we're going to share together around some things in 2020 that we are thankful for. We're going to have a little bit of our own Thanksgiving service here. Because one of the, the key character traits to a life of godliness is thankfulness. Social media, I was saying on the video that we shared around this this morning, I used to be a big fan of social media. I'm becoming less and less of a fan of social media because it's, at the beginning, it was like contact and just catching up with all of my friends that I hadn't seen in years and what they're up to and where people are at in life. And now it's everything but that. And one thing that it is, is a place for everyone to complain. You can do a, a great audit of your state of your social media. In this week, go and browse back over the last week and the last month of your social media and ask yourself, is this reflecting the character and nature of Christ? If that six-year-old comes and she looks through this and she says, I want to be like God, would she say, well, this is a great example of what that looks like? Or is my social media drawing away from godliness? Godliness is not about our actions. Godliness is about our character. This evening, I'm wanting us to think a little bit of being a giver of thanks in a world of complainers. It's so easy to complain. You know, there's like these websites like Hello Peter. don't know if any of you have ever posted on Hello Peter. I've once or twice posted there, but once or twice because it went bad. But, you know, some companies then ask you and say, listen, if you've had a good experience, please would you post something positive on Hello Peter? But they don't have to ask you to post something negative because it's quick for us to complain. It's easy to go onto Hello Peter and write something bad about a company. But how many of us, when we have a good experience, go through the same length to congratulate, to thank the people where we've had a good experience? Our, our whole world, in a sense, of the consumer world is shaped. The customer is almost right. And when the customer is unhappy, the customer is going to let the company know. What if we as Christians were to be givers of thanks in a world of complainers? First Thessalonians chapter 5, one of the reasons I love working with younger people, a lot of people are always asking kind of, why do I love working with students with sort of 18 to 23, 24-year-olds? And my default answer is because they are still young enough, they still believe that they can change the world. And they should. And rightly so. And one of the questions that obviously in that stage, but every stage of our life we're wrestling with, is what is God's will for my life? And one of the things that I love seeing is people sort of get onto the page of God's will for their life. Young people are specifically getting inspired, getting excited about embracing the call of God upon their life. We're going to be spending a lot of time sort of around that as a core question in the leadership intensive next year. We also just kind of want to throw it out there. We have that leadership intensive. We also have a year-long ministry internship program, which can be part-time or full-time. So full-time, if you have 
our heart, you just want to come and serve for the year, or you feel kind of drawn to full-time ministry, that's a great place to start. As well as students, maybe you sort of have one subject, you're finishing off a course, you have 10 to 15 hours a week available that you can come and serve and give. Then you've got this part-time ministry internship, and we want to invite you. Maybe you know of somebody else that you want to invite to come and join us for ministry internship. It'll help them to grow in their knowledge of, of God's will for their life. Who here wants to know God's will for their life? I do. And then sometimes when I'm a little bit naughty, I love quoting this verse at people when they say, I don't know what God's will for my life is. Three things here. Always be joyful. Can we just pause there for a moment? We can spend hours around this, but I just want to drop this for a moment. God wants you to always be joyful. Always be joyful. Perhaps I can step that up a notch, and depending on how you relate to His Word, God commands you to always be joyful. That joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's part of a disposition that we always should embrace. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. One of the reasons we're praying every Monday night, obviously, it's not the only time you pray and that we pray, but it's a place that we've just put aside. I want to invite you, come and pray with us tomorrow night. Come and pray. Come and say, God, I want to invest. I want to sow into this church. God, I want to be in your presence, number one. But God, I'm a part of this church. I want to contribute to this church. I want to hear what you are saying to this church. I want to lead in this church. Sort of a place where that starts is in our prayer. Come and pray with us tomorrow evening. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Sorry for the typo there. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God's will for your life. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in everything. And so today I want to invite you to, we're going to just share a few thoughts around this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the Word. And then we're going to spend a few moments being thankful. Colossians 4 echoes the same sentiment. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Always be thankful. I remember a couple of years ago I was speaking around something similar to this contrary with the exact topic I was speaking about. But I said, you know, when you're a student, there's mostly students there that evening, I guess it applies to all of us, and you get a flat tire. You can get super upset because you have a flat tire in your car. Or you can say, Jesus, thank you that I have a car that can get a flat tire. Thank you, God, that I have a car that can get a flat tire. Yes, this is the worst time ever for a flat tire. But God, before I'm going to complain, before I'm going to upset, thank you that I have a car which can have a flat tire. Because there are a whole bunch of my friends and people around me who do not have a car. When you drop your phone and the screen breaks, Jesus, thank you that I have a cell phone that can, have a, that can break. Because I could have nothing to drop and then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a problem. But thank you that I have a cell phone. You know, when calamity strikes, what is your disposition? What is your default? Do we jump in and complain and immediately run to the bad or how about if we learn sort of as a character trait to always be thankful? 
tragedy, and I'm not making light of tragedy. I don't want to use examples here because tragedy is real tragedy. You know what real tragedy might strike in life? It perhaps has struck already. I remember many years ago, one of our pastors lost a child. And that's just one of those things which I don't know about, but that just grips my heart. You know, parents shouldn't lose children. I remember a couple of years ago, I, I did a wedding, oh, not a wedding, a funeral for um, one of our, our church members who's now in Germany. It was his grandmother's funeral. Sorry, his mother's funeral. And oh, standing by the grave, saw this old man walk forward and he sort of just bent over and broke at the grave. So I turned to the friend, the, the guy in church, and asked him, who, who is that? He says, no, that's his granddad. In other words, and the crazy thing is, even at that age, he was a very elderly man. I mean, the mother was, I think, in her 60s, so her dad is not a young man. And even at that age, that's his daughter that just died. This is just something that as parents we should never have to deal with. But this couple, they lost their child, really young child. And sort of in the hospital, still mourning and crying, one of their friends walks in, brings a word. says, God says, now is the time to worship. And now I wasn't there, but I'm told as they began to worship, the Spirit of God filled that hospital room in ways that they hadn't experienced before. They were willing to step back in the midst of tragedy and be thankful. And they chose to rather be thankful for the few moments that they, a couple of months that they'd had with their child than complain about the years that they didn't have with their child. Immense tragedy, but they just decided we're always going to be thankful. Two things that being thankful brings into our lives. Firstly, being thankful is a key to God's peace. Philippians chapter 4, a passage which many of us would know well. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So kind of, if you didn't hear me, let me just say that again. Rejoice. When do we rejoice? Always. Even when I've just failed my exams, yes. Okay. Let your reasonableness, sometimes you need to remind your parents of that, you know. It's a great time. You've just failed your exam. God, Dad, God says you must rejoice in the Lord always. Okay. Rejoice with me. Please don't fail your exams. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So whatever wants to trouble you, whatever you're anxious about, whatever you're concerned about, whatever cares overwhelm you, bring them to God in prayer with thanksgiving. And then His peace, His peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. We see the same thought once again echoed in Colossians verse, chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Here once again, we have peace and thankfulness connected. 
Let the message about Christ in all its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Our thankfulness is a key to the peace of God upon our lives. Secondly, it's a key to His presence. I love moments like tonight where we know His presence is with us. But I also know that He said that wherever I go, even if I make my bed in the pit of hell, as David puts it, God is there with us. God says in Matthew that go into all the world and make disciples and I am with you always. His presence is always with us, but there is a way in which, in a sense, we can unlock His presence, in a way which we can grow in our awareness of His presence. And one of the keys to entering into God's presence, to celebrating His presence, let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. Psalm 100, the same thought once again. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Praise His name. This evening, I'm just wanting to encourage us just a little bit to hopefully inspire us to begin to make decisions to say, God, I want to be a giver of thanks. I want to be a giver of thanks. But our, our point of departure is not one of complaining. It's one of thankfulness. Our point of departure is not about everything that's gone wrong. It's, God, Lord, let's just first see where is your hand in this, God, because in this mess, your hand is in here somewhere, God. So let me start by finding, God, your hand in this mess and being thankful for that. And then we move from that to resolution and solution of whatever, whatever the challenge may be. And then lastly, before we close this evening, firstly, we said that it's a key to His presence or it's a key to His peace. It's a key to His presence. And thirdly, it's His way of life. Thankfulness. Ephesians chapter 5. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. That sounds like good advice to me. Don't be a fool. Don't live like a fool. Live like those who are wise. And then he goes to explain a little bit of what wise living looks like. Make the most act thoughtlessly opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Can I just pause there again? Because this is one of the biggest lies that the enemy holds before us is that you cannot know what God's will for your life is. I can't hear God. I can't know what God wants me to do. Here is an instruction from God saying, know what God's will is. You should understand God's will for your life. You should know what He wants you to do. And obviously we grow in the Word, as we grow in relationship, as we grow in godly community, that begins to clarify for us. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. I love how this translation puts it. Other translations say, don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but this is just a little bit more blunt. It'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And sort of the implication is, because that will make your life. If being filled with wine ruins your life, then being filled with 
God's saying that He is enough for us. That in Him is more than enough. And how do we live our lives filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts? We're talking about wise living, God's way of living. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And give thanks for everything. Always be thankful. This is God's will for your life. Some of you are saying, well, Philip, that's amazing. It sounds really great, but I don't have a clue where to start. I don't think I have anything in my life to be thankful for. Well, I've just got four things here quickly just to mention four ways to... Let me try that again. Four ways in which you can start being thankful. And then we're going to get really practical about it. So in just about three minutes from now, we're going to turn in groups of three or four to one another. And I'm going to ask you to take a moment to be thankful. To do what Scripture tells us to do, to always give thanks. And we're going to be deliberate about that a little bit. The first thing that we can do is we can be thankful for His presence. Whether we're aware of His presence as we are here in a space like this, especially sort of in a time of worship, that's a great way to start for all of us tonight. God, thank you tonight for your presence. I believe all of us here experience something of the presence of God. That's something that we can always be thankful for. We said it earlier because God said, I am with you always. So if you're going into the worst, most intimidating meeting of your life in the hardest space, in the most difficult environment you can imagine, if you're walking into that, you know, God, thank you that right now your presence is with me. God, I don't feel it. I don't see it. I'm shaking in my boots. I know I've messed up really badly, and this is probably not going to go well for me. But God, thank you that you are here with me. Great place to start. There's something else we can do is we can thank Him for His blessings. Hopefully, most of us grow up in a, a home and sort of where this comes reasonably easily because at least at every meal, we stop and we thank God for His blessings. We thank Him for the stuff, the food, maybe just as a start. But if you have a car, we spoke about that earlier. Everyone doesn't have a car. There are thousands, gazillions of people in this world who don't have access to vehicles. If you do have one, what about every time you get into it, you just, God, thank you that I can have a car. God, this skadonk is falling apart. There's the biggest hole ever in its exhaust. I wake up the neighbors wherever I go. But thank you, God, that I have a vehicle. God, I hate my job. My job sucks. It's the worst hours on the planet. Thank you, God, that I have a job. God, I pray for a different job. God, I pray for different opportunities. I pray that I will grow. But God, thank you for what I do have. His blessings. Every time a salary comes in, God, thank you. Every time you put on clothes, God, thank you. Just create a lifestyle, a culture of thankfulness for His blessings. And then, thank God for the people in your life. My youngest daughter, the one who's just graduated from grade R, she's really good at this. Every time she prays, she loves praying at the dinner table. She probably prays mo more than the rest of us combined. She's the one that's praying at the dinner table. And her prayer is almost always the same, except today. 
I can probably say this. I know this has been streamed, but it was funny at the time. Janetta and I both just almost fell off our chairs laughing. Janetta made a really delicious dish, but it was a, a stew type thing, and children aren't always keen for food that looks different. And they decide how tasty it is by how it looks. And so Nadia starts praying, and she's, Jesus, thank you for this food, which isn't nice at all. And Janetta and I, but we're not expecting that both of us, like, <laughs> not loud laughing out loud while she's busy praying. But she always prays, kind of, thank you for the food. And then every time, and she kind of, one eye open when she does this, so she makes sure she doesn't miss anyone. Thank you for mom, and thank you for dad, and thank you for Lisa, who is my best sister, and thank you for Anna, who's also my best sister, and then a highlight of a prayer, and thank you for me. But that's something so beautiful and so precious. That she's learned to be thankful for the people in our lives. Some of us are complaining about the people in our lives. Our family, our small group, our small group facilitator, our whatever. What if we start by just being thankful? God, I thank you that there is somebody that I can complain about or complain to. Thank you that I have a brother who never phones me. But I've got a brother. And start thinking, thanking, thankful for the people in your life. God, thank you for my boss. I hate my boss, God, but thank you for my boss, and I want to learn to love my boss, God. But he's somebody that you have placed in my life, God. Thank you for them. And then, perhaps most importantly, but the one we neglect the most is to thank God for salvation. God, thank you, God, that even if right now a bullet were to fly through my head, I can still be thankful for eternity with you. I can be thankful that tonight I can go to bed and I can know my sins are washed away and I will be standing guiltless before you, not because I have no guilt, but because of the cross of Jesus. And kind of just dig into that. You know, if you've got nothing else to be thankful for, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can start there. If you're not a follower of Jesus, yet that's a great place to start and say, God, thank you, Jesus, that you died and I want to experience that, Lord. I want to have my sin washed away. God, I want to have my slate wiped clean. I want to be able to know that I will stand before you, not innocent, but guiltless. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. So I'd like us to do that now, to turn to one another, and maybe all four of these four, maybe one of these four, maybe something completely different, just to start saying, God, I'm thankful, because your word says that I must be thankful always. And for those of you who are joining on Facebook, on the live stream, take a moment and be thankful for the people around you. If you need to pick up a phone or connect with someone on WhatsApp and say, listen, can I just bug you for five minutes? I just want to share some things that I'm thankful for. You will be strengthened in your faith. I know this sounds a little bit weird, but your faith will grow when you embrace a lifestyle of thankfulness. Amen. Let's do that. Let's turn to one another and Take a few moments to be thankful. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org, 
browse our website www.shofaronline.org or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.